0: These are all just, we just get to tinker, right? And like you with the 6UM. I think I remember when you were out there fucking, we're looking at all the cartridges together and you're just, I want the fastest fucking six cartridge ever created. You're over there digging through shit. What can I do? What can I do? And then that, that you were talking about it and that happened. Yep. Why don't you just do this?
1: So to me, if you're the guy that just wants the easy button, Mm -hmm. it is a 7PRC
0: it is or 65 prc for that example so you brought up uh, a yes. point the guys were arguing 65 prc versus 65 some Improved plus p let's just go all the way mm-hmm. so jessica's rifle right now is a 65 some Improved plus p it is a 20 inch barrel and we know that we're shooting 156 is 3050. you're not going to get that out of a 65 prc <laughs> <laughs>
2: Everybody. This is the Shooter Hunt Podcast, and my name, you all know it, is Ryan Avery, and my co-host here is, um, Mr. M- Mr. It's Jack. You mean Mooshaney? No. It's Mooshaney. M- it's M- Shaney. Oh, it's Mooshaney. You've been over this. Damn it. You need to take those damn crocs off. Yes and wear some real man's shoes. Wow, you're aggressive today, Mr. Well, Moushainey. Mr. My T-levels are currently pushing 3,000 right now. crap. Yes, my beard is down to my knees. Your, yes. Your veins, they're flowing. They're flowing no. and, uh, and I must be at 5,000 oh, by the end of the year. My, you're going crazy. <laughs> Well, the, the Crocs are thinking this every time you get in them. How fat is your ass? Really? Fat, round, and ready for this podcast, and getting my fat. friend. Let's jump into it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we went into a mall in Vegas,
0: and they had a Croc store. And I'm not lying to you. I went into the Croc store to see if they had anything that met, like, your gayness level. And there was nothing that jumped out at me. That was as gay as the ones that you're wearing.
1: I think you meant <clears throat> jumped out at my straightness level. <laughs> Straight. I think that's what you meant.
0: It's really, it's really a, a, I guess it's a comment against Tanya. She's the one that buys them for you. She takes offense to it too.
1: It's like, they, they're not gay. You know, I've been mistaken for a lot of things in my life. Uh huh. <laughs> Peter Puffer's not one of them.
0: I think you do there's I mean the guys on rocks, I see the comments. They all know you for the gay
1: crocs. So you say gay uh-huh. and I say crocs. But. <laughs> They're just fucking crocs. They're teal crocs. But
0: the okay, there are, there are colors that tend to be on the feminine spectrum versus the male side. You know, they, they have fucking multicam ones. Like yeah, multicam or or plain teal.
1: You know, they, know used a to tough say, choice. they used to say general, you know, uh, gender neutral and uh-huh. now they say gender fluid. <laughs> oh shit. Cause a dude, you know, thinks he's a chick and it has a, what's the difference chick? between neutral and fluid? There's not, but they stole it. You know, they, uh-huh. they cool, you know, like the rainbow flag, they fucking stole that shit gave him mm. a whole fucking month for the fag shit. And the fucking the rainbow flag used to be for the dogs, you know, like the yeah. rainbow bridge, you know, dog going to heaven. They yeah. fucked all that up. Yeah. We're getting way off course here.
0: But there was a guy, a straight guy arguing with the the LGBTQ person or whatever. it got brought up about the month and also the flag. Like, where's the straight month and where's the straight flag? Well, we don't need one because
1: it's a fucking American flag. Yes. I saw a guy today bitching that um, this month is uh, Black Pride Month. Uh-huh. Black Heritage Month. And he's like, How can we get February and the fucking gays get a whole fucking 31 days or some <laughs> shit like that? We, I think there's a leap year there, so we get more days this month. Oh, so. okay. So there's. He's finally, we get a day back this month.
0: There's less days for.
1: Black history. Black, Black history Heritage. than there is for gay pride. Yep. Huh. Okay. I, I was going to say something really bad, but. Uh, yeah, I think my, you better, my and
0: yeah. I just want to, you know what? I guess I'm telling you because it was the thought that counts. Like I saw a croc store and I thought Ryan Avery. Like,
1: I'm not going to give that one to you. Yeah. But did you see anything cool? How did you buy anything? They clients? had
0: they had like this the 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 most Ryan esque Crocs were on this back fucking island and it was said it had a big sign that said clearance. So all the ones that were on there, but they tend to have they were like real men sizes, not yeah. like the like your size.
1: Did I wear an right? eight nine. That's a real size eight, for men.
0: Eight eight nine is. It's a disgrace.
1: <laughs> ask my... Uh, I, feel, ask, I feel like I'm being attacked.
0: I see how you can feel I'm, that way. I'm triggered. I see how that... <laughs> Mason is... Thir- Mason weighs well, 14. Mason's wearing a size 13 shoe, going on a 14. Mm-hmm. And... uh What are you trying was, uh, to say? Those are like men's sizes. What are you
1: trying to say? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Just talking shit. So, We're both in a shit-talking mood today, so it's going to be rough.
1: Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, baby.
0: <laughs> Fuck. I think they the, had some of those on the clearance rack.
1: The siren hyper floral Actually, clog.
0: I would say this. If I had saw if I saw those in the store, I may have purchased those for you. These are purpley lifted crocs. They have like a huge heel on the back. Yeah,
1: they look like a high heel croc. And, and they I,
0: have those black flowers on there.
1: I don't think I'd wear those. That might be a little gay.
0: Really? That's the fucking that's the line that you can't cross? Yeah,
1: dude. Look at that.
0: You guys got to watch this on YouTube to see these Crocs. Otherwise, yeah, look at what they call the siren. Read it, Go oh. back. Read it off what they were.
1: Those are Shrek Crocs.
0: Siren hyper floral clog.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do that. It would make me taller,
0: though. <laughs> yeah, it would help you out a little bit there. Huh. Well. All right. So let's get into podcasting now. It's only taken us two hours to start recording because we had some technical issues as as usual. I was here
1: on time and you were fucking off.
0: (sighs) We're setting up a new bench in the back there to assemble all the UM products. like Getting all the screws and all the shit all
1: labeled. About to have a whole bunch of stocks coming.
0: That too. We just run Pick, so we're ready. All right, we have a. Are we? Do we do the speaker? Do we do the speak pipe stuff first, or do we do that?
1: Well, first we should probably talk about this awesome fucking rifle on the table. Oh shit! Okay,
0: this is what's today's date. Today is the first of February. We have a rifle on the table that we partnered up with XLR to give away. Uh, it'll be displayed at the Hunt Expo booth of XLR. Out on a tripod, kind of out in front of their booth there. And you will, the winner will be drawn at the expo, but you don't have to be there to win. The giveaway is already live on the website on unknownmunitions.com. At the top in the menu, it says rifle giveaways. We're doing one with Stone Glacier and one with XLR. Uh, both the rifles will be present at that show. You guys can check them out. The, the Stone Glacier giveaway is in a rock stock. And then, of course, this XLR is in a magnesium element 4.0 chassis. It's a TI Pro 4 brake. Carbon 6 Sendero 22-inch 8-twist barrel in 300 WSM. Vesper medium action, UM Premier rings. Uh, it's got all the carbon features and all the extras on the chassis itself, so the carbon grip and the thumb rest and the bag rider. It's got the UM uh, magazine that was made just for this chassis. It's got the folder on there, and everything is painted pretty badass. in our multicam layer 1. With orange accents. So if you can't see it uh, on the YouTube there, it is sexy. There's some reels and stuff coming out with it, too, on the IG.
1: Trigger Tech Diamond.
0: Uh, Yes, sir. With the pro-curved
1: clean flat. And you're saying that's a medium action? It is medium. When I look at it, it looks like a long, but it's like you just see a little bit of shrinkage. (laughs) Just a little bit
0: like when you walk up on a bear
1: yep you're like oh that looks a little different yeah it looks sweet but it looks a little different
0: yeah we were trying to uh this was a little last minute so we tried to work with what we had off the shelf and uh 300 wsm sounded pretty good it's 300 wsm plus p and it's also throated for 215s so it could get pretty wild so whoever wins that if you happen to be listening or you definitely want to. well, If you're not a loader, you want to reach out and get some custom ammo loaded.
1: Yeah, I would specify. You can not shoot 300 fact WSM factory loads through it. Yeah, because you will not get the speed.
0: The speed. Yeah, you're going to get low velocity and and because of the throat for the 215. But we basically built it like we would for you know one of our hunting rifles, which is how we like to do
1: things. Man, you're going to have to follow up whoever wins it because I would really like to know the speed it does get with a 215 plus out of, of a 22 plus P. Yeah will be a fucking hitter. <clears throat> Is it longer-throated? Yeah, long-throat
0: plus P. So
1: we're talking like
0: 3-1? You know. Oh, at least. At least? At least. Maybe closer to 3-2. You got 3 inside that mag there, so we're going to take up every bit of that.
1: So how, if you're going to win this thing, besides going to the booth at XLR at the Hunt Expo... <laughs> Where else do you sign up for it?
0: Unknownmunitions.com, Go to the menu under Rifle Giveaways. Pick the XLR Rifle Giveaway, and there's some nice pictures at the top there showing the rifle, a build spec breakdown, kind of some of the details I told you. You stick your email address in there, and you do the things. There's six buttons to to gain basically points for your, uh, for your I guess option for your. It's like your, what do you want to call it? Ticket options or yeah, basically it's, it's entries, options, entries, entries, entries.
1: Yep. And then you can win that gun, and you're actually giving this away at the Hunt Expo.
0: Yep, I'm going to bring the laptop. That way we can get on the back end of the website into this raffle press plug-in, and then we're going to let it does its thing, and it chooses the winner. We'll announce the winner on, I don't know, can we do Instagram Live when we're there? Yeah. Luke's going to bring all of our shit, all of our tech gadgets, and we're going to try to do Instagram Live, and we're going to choose the winner of the rifle at the XLR booth.
1: Yeah, and if you see Lukey, he's going to have a whole bunch of stickers to give away so oh yeah <laughs> yeah we got a lot yeah so if you see luke he's all a uh, kind of a taller disheveled looking fella yeah if you see that guy kind of fucking unkept what are you of like
0: magnum pi
1: yeah magnum pi but not that good looking okay yeah, if you see that guy. He's tall and lanky. Yeah.
0: He eats like 20 pounds of food a day, but it goes right through him like he's got a fucking yeah. worm.
1: Look, Kind of looks like his hair fucked up, like he may be homeless.
0: It's usually like he just gets out of bed and rolls into work.
1: Yep, has toothpaste on his arm and shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Every time he misses a deadline, there's always some excuse about, I don't know, I wasn't feeling very well.
1: I hit I hit a wall today, but I'm going to
0: finish it tomorrow. He knows what I'm talking yeah, about.
1: Yeah, we love him. It's like that, you know, that cat you keep seeing on the side of the road. You feel sorry. <laughs> a, a little bit. a little bit. We love you, Luke.
0: Anyways, Luke will be with us at the show. It'll be Ryan, me, uh, my boy Mason, and Luke.
1: Luke oh, is Jess coming.
0: No, I think she wants to, but as of right now, it's a no. She can't even go to shot show without getting sick, so I need to leave her home.
1: Yes, Tanya's coming, so.
0: Oh, It'll and be, Tanya.
1: Yeah, there's a pile of Rock Slide. Uh, Rock Slide writers, our writers come and Robbie will be there. Um, one thing that people always.
0: <laughs> oh, good Lord. Did you really just put that
1: picture up of yourself? You, you better have this in the YouTube video. There's, Holy shit. Literally, if you see that homeless guy, <laughs> that's the guy you get the stickers from. <laughs> <Literally>, <laughs> Oh, Luke, make sure you put that in the video. That actually should be the post that we put up on the podcast. That should be like in the Shoot to Hunt media fucking book, right? In the magazine. like We do portraits, too. looks like he's trying to get a gay porn gig. There you go. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Okay, so on this rifle, this keeps coming up. I don't know if you look in the comments. I've I've been trying to answer all of our YouTube comments. Okay. If somebody wants this, you you said what it was called. Say it again. What is that Cerakoting job?
0: It's, it's multicam variant one. That's it. And then you can choose kind of an accent color. or. But this has been, no doubt, the most popular pattern that we've done since we started Ceracoding. Uh This one's pretty cool because we actually seracoded that carbon barrel. But we left exposed carbon all along the barrel, the grip, and the cheek piece here. And it really ties everything in together. It really, you know, grabs your eye. So, if you're going to Hunt Expo, go check the rifle out. If you want a rifle like the one that, obviously, this one's for the giveaway. If you want one like it, we're always building rifles. Rifles at unknownmunitions.com. You can call and talk directly to one of our. We have a couple guys that answer the phone now for rifle sales, and uh, they're both very knowledgeable. But you can talk to Blaine Keaton, or you might get Taylor on the
1: phone, uh, but they'll walk you through the process. The thing that I find cool is I am not. Like, I have no artsy fartsy skills at all. And you tell Mike, you know, you tell your people back there, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And they let their creative minds do it. And mm. every time, like, if you go back to the greatest rifle that's ever came out oh, of fuck. unknown munitions, here we go, is that green toned multi-tone green 33 xc i just told mike like two things (laughs) i wanted on that thing and he made a masterpiece so you don't have to have your whole vision you just kind of explain it to the best of your ability and let them go and i can promise you they'll knock it out of the park
0: sometimes it's better that way we get guys that get in the fucking weeds Uh, about what they want and uh they'll draw their own pictures we're actually coming up with some cerakote sheets that have a silhouette of a rifle and and a chassis a stock and a chassis so that they can go in and kind of either draw or color code like where they want stuff, just, just for that reason. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, you could be a
1: winner. Yep, so two guns. We're going to get into it in another podcast, but this one's actually going to be given away live at the hunter I Yeah,
0: suppose. the Stone Glacier one might drag on a little bit longer. But yeah, so yep. the Stone Glacier one in a rock stock, you're going to be able to see in their booth. They'll also have just a rock stock, right, that they can you can fondle if you want.
1: Yeah, we're going to have one there and we're supposed to have one on at Maven so you can go and a get a stock at Maven. Yep. <clears throat> and
0: Maven then of course it. I think I'll be carrying one around possibly.
1: Yes. For fondling as well. Yeah, did you did you uh Oh, that brings up a story. Yes, What's we'll the next one, the next we have to wait for the next podcast. Next podcast to tell a story? Yeah, because that's about the show. Oh, okay, okay, copy. That that makes sense. Let's get into, uh, like I said, we try to answer reviewers' questions or podcast listener questions, and this is one that came in.
0: Yes, one that came in from Riley Harbaugh. I think I did pretty good on that. Uh, He says, Jake and Ryan, several questions for you that go together. Uh, First, in early episodes, you all were discussing that the marketing folks at a certain company were misrepresenting the ballistics of 7PRC by comparing it to 7REMMAG. You went on to say that 7MAG has the capabilities to outperform the PRC if you chamber it correctly loaded the right way with a high BC bullet and so on. My question is can you please please explain to a layman what is the right way to compare ballistics between two different cartridges? Is it possible to accurately compare ballistics between different calibers like 22 Creedmoor, 6 Creedmoor, 7 PRC, 300 PRC, etc.? Beyond bullet the bullet flight, muzzle velocity, trajectory, wind drift, and impact velocity, what are other ballistics that we rookies should be evaluating? There's a second part of this, too. So let's address the first part, and then we can read the second part.
1: One thing before you jump into your – you'll be way more detailed than I will be. The biggest problem with all of these ballistic comparisons that I see, and this is from the commercial side, the writer side, the gun mags, the gun rags, the fucking going back, is they never compare things apple to apple. Most of the time there are people that do, but for most, I'm generically stating stating this.
0: Well, this is a perfect example between seven PRC, a brand new cartridge just designed with today's bullets versus a seven rem mag, which hey, pull up the Wikipedia seven rem mag cartridge, would you Luke, so we can see when it was created? Yep. Versus something that was decades and decades and decades old.
1: Or they'll fit it to their narrative. They won't compare bullet to bullet. They'll take the lightest from the one And, and I'm not saying they're this has been done. I'm just saying when I read things, it's not apples to apples. And then you got to put in the caveat that, well, me and you, when we reload things, we like to run it, you know, a little more on the chip, a little hotter than most people. Where's that? Where's that phrase come from on the chip? I don't know. You just make that shit up. No, I heard it. It's like in a show. It's like, you're running your like race cars, you're yeah. running them on the chip. Maybe it's like days of thunder. I don't oh, okay. know. But it's like, we run it on the chip. Like you're just about to blow the fucking thing up. There we go. Right on the chip. And me and you, because we, whenever you see published data in any book, they're good. They have lawyers. So they're going to yes. go through that and make sure you are dumb proofing that load, even at the maximum. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not telling you what to load and by far don't, don't do it. We say, you know, work up, but, me and you already know, like, I told a guy this UM load and we're just guessing on the six UM that there's no Sammy fucking spec. And he's like, Oh my man, that that's hot. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jake have taken it five grains past that. Yes. So I can assure you that it will fucking not stick in your fucking action.
0: It's all about how many times do you actually want to reload that brass? Yes. If you only want to, you know, have it kill that one time and then put it away, then it's okay.
1: So it's 66 at grains of 570. Me and Jake took it to 71. So I can assure you. Was that that, that
0: day we were here? We yeah, kept loading up. Yep, you walked out well, and shot. So,
1: yep, I would load it. And at the, at the end, me and Jake basically, I should say it was Robin that loaded it for me, but it Robin fucking just basically loaded the top, <laughs> knocked the, bra- the fucking bra- powder out of the top, and put the bullet in. That's
0: right. Well, you got to vibrate it. We yeah, use a sonic hit the, toothbrush. Hit the, yeah, and t- yeah. I
1: walked out and shot it, and it shot with a 20-inch barrel. It was like 3480. I mean, yeah. it's fucking hauling ass. And yeah. We had to basically beat the brakes off the freaking bolt to get it open, but... Mm-hmm. I can assure you that when you look at that book, there's a little wiggle room. Always. Yeah. Always.
0: So so he pulled up, uh, that's kind of hard to see there, Luke. What, what year 19, was it designed? 19 on the right. Yeah. 1952. 52. So if we took a cartridge and that's again, so. The
1: 7 REM mag, 1952. Yeah,
0: 7 REM mag, 1952. And if
1: we, what's he yelling back there? 62. 1962. Oh,
0: 1962. So if we do our math here, we got basically 62 years. So we come out with this brand new cartridge, 7PRC. Let's go ahead and pick the other cartridge to compare it to that was created 62 years ago. With 62 years ago bullet technology, even powder technology. Everything about it back then, 62 years ago, is nothing what it is today. And I guess to go through and answer his question, how should you evaluate it? There's the first... The first fork in the road is are you shooting factory ammo or are you going to hand load? That is a major, major fork. So in that case, you would have to take their word for it. Or, you know, most 7 rem mag are still loaded to the same specs that they were 60 years ago. Bullet choices were, you know, somewhere between 130 and 160 grains.
1: Yeah, they're like they're 160 Spitzer. Nobody uses that bullet. Anymore. There you
0: go. Yeah, it's literally telling you there that it was designed for 160 grain bullet or less or smaller. And what it, what does fucking Spitzer even mean? I think that, I'm going
1: to quote me, it's like that lead tip Lead tip? Yeah. Like like I don't a, know Like that. a core lock? I think Spitzer, what's the definition of Spitzer. Luke, but I think that is what it is. It's actually
0: got a blue hyperlink there. Just click it where it says design, 160 grain spitzer. Spitzer bullet or spire Spire point is a pointed projectile that is primarily used in small arms. So it's literally just saying it has a pointed nose on it. All right, go back.
1: Pointed nose. So (laughs) you'll
0: see here in this explanation in Wikipedia, they're comparing the 7 rem Mag to 30-06 which are two cartridges that were probably created in a similar time.
1: Well, the out six was
0: 1906. Oh, really? Is that was about six? i Fucking learning every day.
1: Yeah.
0: So they, they did something similar as what Hornady did. So they, they picked a cartridge that was 50 years older, <laughs> right? And then compared it to that, even though it's a different fucking caliber completely, let's compare a 30 cal to a seven mil. That doesn't make a lot of sense. All right. So the first big fork in your road is, is you, are you going to hand load or, or don't you? And, of course, you have companies like Unknown and several others out there in the world that would load ammo for you. So if that's the route you intend to go, um, it's no different than buying a race car that requires a higher octane fuel. Like you're, you're buying the race car knowing that you're going to put that higher octane fuel in there that's maybe going to be a little more expensive. So we don't care really to go down the first fork about the factory ammo because that's pretty self-explanatory. You can pick up any box in Cabela's and read the side of the box. It's going to tell you how fast the bullet's going to go. And they, you know, they're averaging barrel length and that kind of thing. But you don't have to ask a lot of questions about that because they're giving you the information on the box. You're not going to load. You're, you're given this set fucking ammunition that you can shoot. Here's your choices. And again, if you go down the 7-rim mag line, it's going to be usually between 130 and 160-grain projectiles. So you can't shoot that 180-grain hybrid target that you could shoot in a 7PRC. It's not in its natural spectrum. That has to do with cartridge overall length, and all that good stuff how long the throat is everything was designed you know for that cartridge back in that day so if you're gonna custom load this is gonna get really long-winded you're gonna have to break this shit up a little bit <clears throat> you have well, to bring some some Ryanisms here so let's just compare the 7prc to the 7 Rem mag because that's what we did in that podcast i'm gonna keep it bare bones so you you want to compare two cartridges ballistically without limits
1: so just so you're clear here, we're going to compare it, reloading it mm-hmm. to get the optimal performance. Not only
0: it. reloading it, but, but creating a chamber that's matched to what you're trying to do with the cartridge. In other words, if you knew you wanted to shoot a 180 hybrid target out of a 7-REM mag, you will want to increase the throat length.
1: So to the end listener, you're not staying in the SAMI spec guidelines. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more for the 7PRC than you are for the 7REM mag.
0: Yeah, 7PRC is the easy button because it's designed to shoot a 180-grain bullet. Now, you may say, oh, I want to shoot the 195. Well, yeah, you may benefit from a little bit longer throat because you're going to take up some of that case capacity. But back to he says, keep it layman's terms. So a 7REM mag has a design for a reamer that has a certain length of throat, which is the rifle-less area in front of the neck of the cartridge. Just when the rifling starts, that is what we refer to as basically base to ogive. So, where the part of the bullet, the, the ogive, really is the entire—that's the difficult. That's confusing because the ogive is really the entire curvature of the front of the of the spitzer bullet, mm-hmm. right? But when we talk about ogive, we talk about the exact point where the parallel bearing surfaces of the bullet, which is the caliber of the bullet you're shooting, w- once those parallel surfaces depart into an angle. That is the exact ogive position that hits the lead inside your chamber first. Yep. So if you wanted to shoot a longer bullet, just, just visualize wherever that lead angle throat area stops, that bullet's going to slide out of your case and it's going to hit that lead. If we want a bigger, longer bullet, but we don't want to lose horsepower, we need to move that lead angle further away from the case neck so we can fit a fucking bigger bullet in there but not take up valuable horsepower powder capacity. That is where you talk about custom throating a rifle for a caliber bullet combination. So if I said I want to shoot a 7 rem mag with a 195 Elite Hunter loaded out as far as possible, what we'll do is we'll make a dummy round, we'll insert the bullet so that the bearing surface boat tail datum So the point at which the base of the bullet meets the bearing surface, that that point is called a datum. All those different points on the bullet are called datums. Where that matches the neck-shoulder junction, so the bottom of the neck in your cartridge, that's where we will put the bullet. So the the base of the bullet, where it hits the bearing surface, with the shoulder-neck junction. Then we would take a length. This is your overall length of your round. Let's say it was fuck, probably 3.6. This is far exceeding the Sammy overall length of a 7 Rem Mag, seven which is 3.340. Actually, we had it up there on Wikipedia.
1: 3.3, right? No. Is it 3.3-ish?
0: 3. 3.340 was like the standard for Win Mag and, and Rem Mag, but we're going to check right out. Go
1: back up there. This
0: It'll be on the right-hand 3. side over 2. here somewhere.
1: 3.29. So 3.3? 3. And then I believe when I, I shot 180s when I was when I was going through, like, my uh, gay phase and I had a seven-round mag, I, I ran mine at 3.5 to shoot 180s. I don't
0: think you ever came out of that phase.
1: <laughs> I just got cross covered up. <laughs> you were at 3.5? 3.5 to shoot 180, uh, 180 burgers. So it's safe
0: to say that a 195 may be 3.6. Let's just call it 3.6. That would be so you would have to increase the throat which is the rifle-less area, to allow that bullet to slide forward without hitting the ogive at the exact point. Like, let's say, so what we would do is we would add 20 thou. Like, oh, you want to you run that coal right here, and we're going to go 20 thou further than that ogive, and we're going to increase the throat length. That way, when you put it in the longest possible form, your 20 thou off the lands, which is probably right where it wants to be. Sometimes guys, will they'll want to match it up because they're worried about throat burn and that kind of thing. If you're trying to build a hot rod, we're not here to talk about barrel life. And all that other bullshit.
1: Here we go. Can, we, can you explain one thing that this always comes up? And okay. we've, We hammered it on the Avery Adventures podcast, but can you explain the difference between free – because this is confusing people – freebore and then how far you're off the lands, if that makes sense? Because people confuse those two numbers a lot.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably the term freebore and the term throat. These get mismatched, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. If you – if you're inside the chamber at the point where the neck of the cartridge ends, there has to be a portion of chamber without rifling, otherwise the bullet would immediately the bullet could barely come out of the case. Mm-hmm. That free bore or throat area is always set by the Sammy reamer that you're using, but you can either order a custom reamer with different lengths of throat slash free bore, or you can use a separate throating reamer which is nothing that doesn't it has no chamber on it it's just the caliber so it would be .284 that you would come in and you would remove that rifling in that flat open area in front of the neck so that you could load a bullet out further now where it transitions from the rifleless area to the rifled area there is a lead l e a d e there's a lead angle that's usually about 3 degrees don't quote me on this shit because I'm not a machinist, but <laughs> it's a three-degree angle that's ground into right where it meets the rifling. That that lead is what touches your bullet when you're measuring your base to ogive if you're using the Hornady overall length tool. So I guess to answer your question is how long the throat or free bore is determines where your bullet's going to hit that ogive. So if you want a longer, bigger bullet, you have to move that lead forward by increasing the rifleless area, otherwise known as the throat of the free bore. Or you can also you can also shorten it. One instance one instance where we shortened it was if you wanted to shoot a 156 burger out of a 65 PRC in a standard short action, you could not get. The right jump. You cannot get everything to work properly. It was jumping too far because it was limited to 2,950. So if you loaded that, it could be loaded to 2,950. Of course, you're diminishing your horsepower capacity. But if you put a 156 at 2,950, it was jumping a hundred thousandths or more to get to the lands, which that's not where a burger wants to be. No. So we would take a .188 Sammy free bore. .188 inches is what a Sammy 65 PRC free bore (laughs) is. And we reduced that to 130 And we brought that bullet now to 40,000s off the lands rather than 100,000s because we reduced the free bore by 60,000. That is one of the only situations where you would want to restrict.
1: To fit it in a short action mag. To
0: fit it in a 2950 mag because it wasn't designed for that 156. It was designed for a 147, which is exactly where it needs to be at 2950. So you, most often you're you're lengthening a free bore, not shortening it. But that's an example of shortening it. If you have some type of mag restriction on length or action restriction on length, yeah,
1: we got off topic, but it's it's always that because somebody was trying to explain that free bore was how far, I was like, no, 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 how far you're off the lands has no relevance to your free bore.
0: No, of course you know different bullets want want to be a certain amount yeah. off the lands the whole point is there is a there is an optimal position with a cartridge and a bullet maximizing the horsepower capacity putting the bullet where it needs to be for maximum horsepower also keeping in mind its relationship to the lens right so that's where you increase and decrease the throat you know you're moving you're moving this in and out to make sure that it's right where it wants to be you want to be 20th off the lands being furthest out of the case as possible to squeeze the most powder in that's yeah. what we're talking about when you compare so it's, it's it's very simple at that point apples to apples the seven rem mag piece of brass has a higher h2o capacity than a 7prc does so if you're ever going to compare two cartridges because you can always make a custom chamber have the two cartridges shoot the same bullet one of those cases has more capacity and that's what that podcast that he's referring to, what we brought up, Yep. is you can make the 7-REM mag more ballistically superior to a 7-PRC, making it custom. Custom ammo, custom chamber.
1: Yeah, a lot of that is, like I said, not apt to apples. And Hornaday is a marketing machine. So when they do their comparisons, they're doing... In my opinion, they're mm. doing the least that the REM does, 7 REM does, and the best that the 7 mm. PRC does.
0: At the same point, the, the market that we're talking about, the custom side of this market, mm-hmm. is much smaller than the guy going to the store and buying a Tika. Correct. And in all reality, if it's 90% of the market that buys factory ammo and factory rifles, that's who you're speaking to. And I don't know what other cartridge you could have compared seven PRC to because twenty eight Nosler is, is kind of a high horsepower cartridge above seven rm mag. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess if I was to give them credit, there's no other cartridge they could have chosen to compare it to for for the majority of of guys.
1: Not a Sammy spec because I don't think seven Psalm Sammy spec. I don't think that uh, yeah, seven du- sure. seven WSM must be Sammy spec, but they don't fucking have no brass support on that side, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really even matter.
0: Yeah, seven WSM would have been. It's probably really close, actually, capacity-wise. About eight,
1: yeah, I imagine that it is in the 80, 80, H2O, 80 grains age. I
0: mean, if it's if it's 10% or less capacity between the two, I mean, that's pretty
1: fucking close. They'd have been really close then. And yeah. the 7-REM mag is the closest thing that they have that's mm-hmm. SAMI spec that they can compare to.
0: Hey, try to find that, Luke, try to find that picture where they were comparing a 7-REM mag case to a 7-PRC, and I think they have a few other cartridges in a row, but just Google it.
1: So you're going to build these. Let's just say, for instance, we're both going to build these. I'm going to build the 7-RIM and you're going to build the 7-PRC. Mm-hmm. We're both going to want to shoot 180 LDMs. Well, How are you going to spec that REM mag against just the standard spec that Hornady did it right in yep. the semi-specking? How is that going to look to you?
0: I know immediately that we will have to increase the throat or free bore length. Uh, so we would create a dummy round. Again, lining up those two datums for maximum performance of the cartridge. And as they're chambering the rifle, they'll go in and they'll put the 7-round Sammy chamber in first. They'll come in secondarily with a throating reamer uh, while everything is still dialed in. And they'll increase that throat. And this is not, they have a caliper basically on the the tail stock when they're doing this. So they can kind of measure, oh, I came in 32 thousandths, but it's never exact. So they will increase that throat and then they'll actually take that dummy round and slide it in. And then we'll actually, we could take the horny tool and take a measurement, you know, to see where that throat is. But they're trying to match the throat in the current chamber with the dummy round that you have provided. So if you guys ever get a hold of us and you're like, I want, uh, for example, this rifle on the table. It's a 300 WSM, but it's throated for 215s because we find we love a 215 killing animals. Uh, It's also plus peed. This is basically maximized in every way. It has extended length in the magazine for the, for maximum horsepower. It's plus P, which will give you 100 to 150 feet per second, more than the cartridge would have otherwise given you. That's a whole nother topic, plus P. And, uh, yeah, and it's 300 WSM. It's already an awesome cartridge. Uh, Lapua just started making 300 WSM brass. ADG's out there. Peterson's going to be coming out with it. So there's a lot of great brass support. Uh, for that cartridge right now.
1: Yeah, and then there's not, the numbers aren't necessarily always the numbers. So if you see a, you know, I built a 300 WSM with 200 grain bullet, shot 2850. If I had a plus speed, I could have got 2950. So what we're getting at is, there's like the the, the pleasure like the pleasure riding, they say the pleasure horse riding horse. You know, mm-hmm. like there's, it's not real athletic, it's not real fast. But if you just want to walk down a trail, it's nice. That's like the to me, that's like a six five PRC mm-hmm. or a seven PRC. If you want top, you know, fuel dragster horse, you know, a race horse, you can do a lot, oh, yeah. a lot to get it faster to where you want it.
0: Near, nearly unlimited, really. If you if you if you know how fast you want a specific bullet to go. You can either increase horsepower of your cartridge or you can increase barrel length. You could put a 36-inch fucking barrel on that rifle if you wanted to. Yeah. But you can adjust either one of those to match. In other words, you could say, oh, I have a 20-inch, 28 Nosler. Well, if I did a 26-inch 7PRC, it might end up being the same thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can get the speed. We're shooting 190 Acubons out of a 30-inch barrel at 30-30. 30-30. 30-30. Yep. So yep. you can get this desire. It's Everything's a trade-off, right? We're not going to pack those around. Mm-hmm. Those are competition rifles. No. Yep. But getting back to building this, and say you build it with the 180 ELDMs, and you're building them both for performance, do you change any spec on that 7PRC?
0: No. It's already set up for 180s, so optimized for 180s.
1: Let's say we build that 180 in the 7 rim mag, and you build it out to 3.5, 3.6, whatever you, know, you think is going to be optimum if you measure that dummy round. How much more is do you think that 7 REM mag, because we've never tested this, but how much more do you think that 7-RAM mag is going to outrun that 7-PRC?
0: I think the easiest way would be to literally take the water capacity. Like in Wikipedia, it'll list the HGO capacity of the case, and you can see a picture of the two next to each other on the top right there. Just looking at them, I'll go back to that picture. You can literally see the 7 rem mag has more case capacity just by them sitting next to each other. So we already know that one's going to win over the other. Now, there are things like uh, case design efficiency mm-hmm. and other things that, that, that come into play. But with these two being pretty close in case capacity, I don't think that's going to have a huge influence.
1: Luke, look up the water capacity of 7 Rem Mag. We, I know the 7 PRC is 80 grain.
0: Mm-hmm. You can go back to that Wikipedia page. I think it'll say something on the right. Which is, it is interesting. But I guess we should say what water capacity is. Water capacity is you basically put a primer in a case, fill it up to the top with water, measure it before you added the water and after, and that weight of measurement of water is the case capacity uh, in grains. Dude, two grains. Two fucking grains more. 82, 82 grains, yep. But that two grains makes it superior. Not if you stick a 160-grain bullet in there.
1: Yeah, way But down. we're
0: talking bullet for bullet are identical. You're making custom ammo. You can customize anything to as much as you want to. The seven remag mag will have more horsepower.
1: That's. I didn't think they're that close when you look at that. They're fucking close. I thought it'd be like
2: because that taper,
0: to that seven PRC is much wider than the seven REM mag was.
1: So when aid <laughs> I mean, that's why they're kicking ass. They built that right from the get-go.
0: Yes. I mean, it's kind of an unusual length of cartridge to me because you have within the long action within the normal long action world you're building on today you have CIP length which is about 3770 to 38 depending on what mag you're using you could have utilized all of that space but they created a case that the SAMI length on the 7 PRC i think is 34 or 3340 mm-hmm. i think it's 34 it's almost like you're you're underutilizing the available space that you had
1: yeah because correct if you jam that in there and you are at what is that 3.3 and you jam a 180 in there you're you're gonna lose some horsepower because you're gonna take up some of that volume oh yeah at the same length yeah to where if you pump that out to a 3.5 and you get all that powder you know you can get the extra volume more powder obviously more speed what do you think you're gonna and you run those 180s side by side mm. fastest fat you know mm-hmm. to pressure safe pressure that we'd run which is up there mm-hmm. what do you think the difference in velocity would be
0: all of the things being the same it maybe be 50 to 100 feet per second somewhere around there so then then, you you say i could have plus p the seven prc and hit the same number
1: so then you know just is it worth it or is it just the easy button to build the seven well you
0: tell me this do you think at 800 yards the elk cares if it was 50 feet per second faster nope. when it hit him? zero as long as you're as long as you're above average impact velocity that you should be let's say at 800 yards that yeah. 50 feet per
1: second ain't going to make a difference yeah and the recoil is going to be nominal I mean it's going to be the same well, that's what we fucking do as
0: guys it's a never ending discussion Ford
1: Chevy Dodge yeah fucking. you're
0: always comparing you know I mean it's it's that's what these I, I imagine there's plenty of guys out there maybe listen to these podcasts and they go and they sit down and they read about cartridges they read the shit that Hornady puts out and everybody else and the different magazine articles comparing this to that this is this to me is the stock world everything bone stock Yep. You bought a fucking 1998 Honda Civic and you didn't touch a single thing on it, even though there's 100,000 things you could do to the car. You could put an intake on it or exhaust or do mm-hmm. some valve work or bigger heads, bigger intake valves, larger diameter exhaust manifolds. It's all about increasing the flow through the engine, all that good shit, right? Turbo it. Now we're forcing air into the engine. It's all the same shit. We can do all this with any cartridge or any rifle that you guys bring out here. But are you a bone stock guy or do you want to fuck around? Sometimes you fuck around, you find out you learn a lot. Sometimes you got your first project, you come in here and you think you want a seven round mag that shoots one ninety fives, and you you know come to find out there's just not enough horsepower there to get that bullet up to the velocity you want. Like let's say you picked a, a seven som one ninety fives, guys are shooting that too, right? But maybe it's only going twenty seven fifty, and that's just not you like three thousand feet per second for some reason, right? So you yeah. just a, you may have learned some lessons there. Um, I know I learned lesson. I built a fucking my first rifle that that. Was built for me was way too heavy, because I thought I needed a twenty inch magnum fucking proof research barrel on it.
1: I took then I took Jake on a, a hell hike. Yeah, it's <laughs> like fuck this rifle. Oh
0: my god, <laughs> a lot of lessons learned in that first rifle, right? And then we're fortunate enough to where we can fuck around and build rifle or rifles every year. Mm-hmm. We get to talk about it here, like uh, the thirty three xcs that we built. Now that's an awesome cartridge, right. definitely a lot of fun. I'm going to rebarrel mine to a 37 XC so I can shoot those four. So the 398 tips and the 410 hybrid targets just to fuck around. I don't know how fast they're going to go, but I think I'm going to do a 26 inch barrel instead. These are all just, we just get to tinker, right? And like you with the 6UM. Oh, yep. I think I, I remember when you were out there fucking, we're looking at all the cartridges together and you're just, I want the fastest fucking six cartridge ever created. You're over there digging through shit. What can I do? What can I do? And then that, that you know, were talking about it and that happened. Yep. Why don't you just do this?
1: So, to me, if you're the guy that just wants the easy button, mm-hmm. it is a 7PRC.
0: It is. Or 6.5PRC, for that example. So, you brought up uh, a yes. point. The guys were arguing. 6.5PRC six, versus 65 Psalm Improved plus P. Let's just go all the way. Mm-hmm. So, Jessica's rifle right now is a 6.5SOM Improved plus P. It is a 20-inch barrel. And we know that we're shooting 156s at 3050. You're not going to get that out of a 6.5PRC.
1: Not the 20-inch
0: barrel. Not only that, but... E- not even the barrel length, but if you're going to be restricted to it. We're going to take a bone stock. You're fucking restricted to 2950. They don't even make loaded ammo in a 6.5 PRC shooting to 156 because of the throat length I told you about. We have to decrease the throat length to have the bullet jump properly. Now the bullet is down inside the case, reducing horsepower. There's just, there's no comparison there. Yep. Like a six, if you were to talk about short 6.5 Madden, now, of course, the one we're talking about, it can't be on a short action. It's on a medium. You need at least, well, I'm lying because our new short action Vesper and UM bottom metal and mag, you can fit 3,150 in the mag. This is going to change that world a little bit because short short action is the most popular selling cartridge length out there. It's 295. The normal is 295. We're adding two tenths of a fucking inch. If you order a short Vesper and a UM short bottom metal and mag today you're going to fit 3150 in the mag. No bullshit. So that means you could take any of those short magnums in a true short action footprint with an M5 bottom metal and maximize those to the hilt. So if you have a 65 PRC,
1: to to be the devil's advocate, mm. you could do that with a Tika.
0: <clears throat> you can do it with a Tika cuz a yeah. Tika a Tika is a mid-length action to start. Yep. Right? So it's three forty is the the available magazine capacity. Now of course the short a- there's not really a short action Tika, okay? There's there's one, there's one length of Tika with two different bolt stops and two different sets of mags. They put a mm-hmm. spacer at the back of the mag, they limit your bolt pull, all of a sudden it's a short action. If you want to maximize a 6.5 PRC, you would put the long action bolt stop in and you'd get the longer magazine. And now you can do what we're talking about with a one fifty six if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, or you could use a Vesper two with a long your short action would accommodate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So on the Tika side, so we're actually, we're nearly done with our bottom metal and mag design, and we're pretty sure we could fit 3.6 in the Tika mag in a standard Tika inlet. But we're still, yeah. I think it's going to be
1: 3.6, but. So that opens up like 300 PRC, seven, like a whole, quite a few bullets. Quite a four mark. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to shoot the bare minimum of 300 realm 3.6.
0: Yes. That's going to be fun.
1: That will be fun.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, don't, don't quote me on it yet because we're on the final edges of the design here. But that is the the next product that UM is coming out with will be that Tika bottom metal and mag. We're also adding one-inch diameter scope tubes to the line of Tika rings. That'll be just, just after the bottom metal and mag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have some, uh, some other exciting stuff.
1: There's a lot of exciting things. Yeah. To, but to, we are terrible at staying on task. To get to the point. And the question that this guy's question and the mm-hmm. question I get all the time is about the six should I build a six five PRC? Should I build a seven PRC? You should
0: really a- you really can't compare it that way unless you have the knowledge. You need to have the knowledge of what a six five SOM improved plus P can do as the maximum performance option versus a six five PRC. I will tell you that we are
1: fifteen to twenty percent
0: more power in a 6.5 Salmon Proof Plus P than you are in a standard 6.5 PRC, 15 to
1: 20%. It is, but what is the downside on the work side? Like, so you got your daily driver and you got your hot rod, right? Yeah. yeah. So what's the work into a 6UM, into a 6.5UM and compared to a 6.5 PRC or 7 PRC?
0: Yeah, fire forming is a big thing. You basically waste the whole first shot of any piece of ammunition as it's formed into the chamber of your barrel. And then you can't buy ammo off the shelf. Uh, so if you're not hand loading and you don't have any experience with wildcatting and things like that, this might not be for you. But once you, <laughs> once you reach the that time in your life where you're just tired of the standard shit and you want to try something cool, you want to have you want to be that cool guy that has the cool gun that does the cool stuff, you know, then you start diving into this wildcat world. It's not very hard to understand. It can be very daunting and scary at first, but if you yes. just understand that it's just a reamer. That you can have designed any fucking way you want. You just have to pay for the reamer. Let's call it 250 bucks. You get a reamer. You stick that reamer inside a barrel. You make a chamber. Whatever brass you need, you load up that brass and form it to that chamber. And then you load it to fire. It's really not that hard.
1: No, and it's like I try to put myself, me and you are in different situations. Mm. I can come to Jake with all my stupid fucking ideas and say, hey, Jake, we should try this. And Jake's usually pretty nice and he accommodates my stupid shit. Like the six U M we went to $26 or we did a bunch of different things to get to a six U M oh. and a lot of people don't have access. you know, they don't have, no. they can't go do that.
0: So you, you, even, yeah, you got to rely on what other people have already wildcatted to kind of get An idea of what it can do. You're, you you can not take the from scratch approach. Yeah. Yes. So difficult.
1: then the other side of it is, is some people don't want the hassle, but I can't ever see a day now where I go back to status quo where I'm just going to, So Tanya, she wants them and I get it. She doesn't want to fuck around. She said, I want to build a six, five PRC and I can just go shoot. Mm -hmm. And I, and a lot of people are like that. They Mm -hmm. want the easy button, but what I, but what blows me away about the people asking me this question is ballistic apps are cheap. Mm -hmm. Some are free. Go run the fucking numbers.
0: Yeah. That's why I said the knowledge comes in. So if you, if you don't know. What the potential is for a bullet in that six five sawm plus P? Like we have one fifty six data in both cartridges, we could tell you how much faster one is than the other. If you don't have that data, it's really difficult to make comparisons.
1: It is, but like there's a thing called Google, and you can find yeah. like you can find you can estimate a lot of it, and you can put it into whatever ballistic app. You can see your drops at whatever yards. You can mm-hmm. see your wind drift, like we did with Robbie the two seventy against the six um. Mm-hmm. And to me. If I'm on a ridge where we have this big, huge, freaking poster, and it's it's the cellway and it's just nasty. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting on this ridge mm-hmm. and I'm shooting across the drainage at eight hundred yards, and I think I know what the wind's doing, but it may be two, three, four, five miles an hour off, miles an hour off, because a lot of us are, and that next drainage is just hell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The difference between a sick to me because I'm not that good at calling wind, and most people aren't. You know, there's very few outliers that are. Is that six U.M.? Is that six five U.M.? Is that hot rod 28? Is that going to keep me in the vitals to where that elk or I want to put it on the shoulder where that elk's not going to make it more than 20 yards? Mm -hmm. Or is that six five PRC going to drift to where it hits it in the guts Mm -hmm. or, you know, a marginal front end shot? Oh, yeah. To me, that's worth it. Yeah. So I guess the question is, is that worth it to this end user we're talking to?
0: Yeah. Definitely give you a a bonus. It's definitely a bonus. Twenty percent more performance is a bonus.
1: (laughs) It goes back to that elk shot I had. And it goes back to the elk shot you had when that elk turned. This sounds cocky. Yeah. I fucking knew it was over. Yeah. And it was a strong wind. Yeah. I was holding fucking a mill at yeah. 710 yards, yeah. a fucking mill with a hot rod six UM. <laughs> and I fucking knew. This, I mean, this elk was done. Yeah. And that's the confidence I want. What I would, what I had it with a 6.5 PRC, because then you're thinking it's 1.7, 1.8 hold probably. I've mean, I not ran the numbers, but so I'm just mm. guessing in my mind that wind. I don't know.
0: Especially if you got a donkey bullet like a 140 Acumond.
1: Yeah. Then you know? that's another thing. You you build this rifle, then you give it a ballistic turd for a bullet yeah. with a small wound channel. And that's yeah. a whole another conversation we've already yeah. had. Um, but a lot of variables. Yeah. And the thing is, is I knew. I knew I was going to hit within three or four inches of where I was aiming. And I was like, hey, it's fucking over. dude." Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I, if I'm holding, if I'm guessing another 0.5 of a mil or 0.7. So I'm at one seven. Is that guts? Cause that's the way the wind's blowing. It would have drifted into its guts. Mm-hmm. That that's what I'm looking for.
0: Another point to make is once the bullet leaves the barrel, nobody gave a fuck what cartridge it came out of. Very true. So if you're. If you're trying to compare cartridges, you need to compare them with the same bullet. And if you can't get the same bullet in both cartridges, it's not an equal comparison. Yes. Once that, like I said, you can match a 7PRC to a 28 Noser just by adding barrel length. Because, again, once that bullet leaves the muzzle, nobody fucking cares what it came out of. It's already in flight. It is a bullet ballistic coefficient number and a velocity Yep. With those two numbers and then, of course, your air density, but you can always compare equal air density across if you're doing comparison. So that's not you don't need to know whatever air density. You can just make it equal. But bullet and velocity, air density. And you can compare any any rifle to any
1: rifle. And on the flip side, once that bullet's in the air, you own it. Yeah. So whatever happens, you own that fucking thing. Yep. And that goes back to the beginning where I said we, we got to compare apples to apples. <laughs> And I'm harping on this, but I every time I see it, it's the worst against the best. And mm.
0: it's, you can't compare a 160 Acumon out of a 7 RM mag to a 180 hybrid target out of a 7 PRC. No. Those, that's not a comparison.
1: No, and they'll do that. They'll take a, like, Hornaday, their marketing, they took the worst that a 300 Ultra or a 300 Win mag had. Mm. It was like a. 180, mm-hmm. 180 against, against a 180 fucking ELDM out of a 7 PRC. Mm-hmm. Ballistically totally different. Mm-hmm. But if you start comparing a 300 Winchester with a 215 or 225 or 212 ELDX, mm-hmm. then it starts to, the, the gap's closed. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. always always look at the apples to apple comparison. And you're right. Once the bullet's in the air, the elk don't give a shit what it is.
0: Yeah, that 25 or 50 feet per second difference. If you did everything else right, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, it, it really doesn't. So, see. He had a second part. Hopefully, we answered that first part good.
1: We did in a roundabout
0: way. We did. We did. Let's pat ourselves <laughs> on the back here.
1: Not too hard. Not too hard.
0: Again, in early episodes, I believe you were driving into plus P. You all mentioned that you don't frequently shoot the rifles that you use for hunting because of limited barrel life and expensive ammo. You were also mentioned that it is our duties as hunters to be more capable of making shots at the distance than we think we want to shoot, which I 100% agree. So, tying back to my first question... What training rifles do you use to practice these shots? Are the ballistics of your training rifles the same or similar to your hunting rifle? Calling wind trajectory, et cetera. What about practicing recoil management, flinching, and calling shots? Hopefully these make sense. That's, that was, a, that's a lot. Basically what he's saying is if, if we're saying we don't want to shoot our hunting rifles a whole bunch more than we need to, how do you properly practice?
1: You can properly practice just getting a two twenty three and shooting a lot. Calling one of the 223, you can damn sure call a win with the hot rods. Yeah. And if you and I'm not saying going to the shoot-to-hunt schools, but like Mason, Jake's son went, and it totally changed his mind on what we were doing. And by the end, he had a six-five creed. We all shot it. I had a six creed that I trained with. By the end of the class, everybody's shooting those two or three uh two twenty-threes and everybody's Online, trying to buy two twenty threes, just because you see exactly what you get. The recoil is really mild. You see your shots, you see your impacts, you know how you fucked, how bad you fucked up that wind call, and everything is trainable from that. So you add the recoil in, and you'll learn this if you come and shoot with us at the Shootout University. The recoil, recoil lies to you, and it tells you things that don't happen that you think happen. Mm. And flinching wise, it's flinching is hard because. Flinching just doesn't happen overnight. Flinching's like a built-in. You're dead, but your, your first gun was a seven rim mag, a 300 Win mag, and you've been getting the shit kicked out of you. So that training uh, forum has a drill for that training to take the flinch out of you. But training rifles, you do not. The six U.M. I just built, I wanted it to last for a long time. So I only have, I don't even have a hundred rounds on that mm-hmm. new one yet. And I, that first one had 300 rounds on it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to shoot it. I don't want to burn it out. So I've been shooting mostly a two twenty three and a six creed because you can learn to call the wind with those. you you can definitely call it with a six, five U.M. or a six U.M. Because mm-hmm. you can, you're basically cheating. Everything's going to be freaking much easier to call.
0: Yeah. And you are out there shooting that hunting rifle. You're checking zero, taking a long shot before you go on a hunt. Yeah, we usually load you know fifty rounds if if it's the introduction to elk season, let's say we're in September, you're gonna load fifty rounds. You're gonna go check zero, take a long shot before you go on that next hunt. And then even when you get back, you're gonna recheck it again. This is just a process that we go through to make sure yeah. that if somebody fucking misses, we know it's not the rifle.
1: And if you can afford it, the cool thing that I've figured out, and, I'm, and you know we're selling a rock stock, but I'm going to try to make it so all of my stuff has the same stock. Mm-hmm. My training gun has the same stock, scope, same wow. height. So that way, there's no all that changes is I get a little bit better ballistics, or a lot better ballistics, mm-hmm. depending on the rifle. Mm-hmm. And if it's the same, it's the same.
0: And There's a ton of competition guys that will have a two-two-three trainer built exactly the same in the same chassis as their competition rifle.
1: And that sounds like we were talking about earlier. We're I'm never going back to a standard round. Well, that sounds bougie. You can afford multiple rifles with yeah. multiple thousand dollar scope. If you can, that's cool. If you can't, you're still going to get benefit out of shooting a two two three a whole bunch.
0: And you can have even if you have this rifle that's on the table here. You could have multiple barrels. Like if you just have a barrel vise at home, you could knock this barrel off and put a two two. Well, again, you'd have to change the modular bolt face to a two two three. But in this situation, a Vesper. The action itself, you could take the bolt and you can change the bolt face. So you can change this 300 yeah. WSM from a Magnum bolt face down to a 223 and spin a 223 barrel on and shoot this all fucking season.
1: And that's cheaper. It is. You're not buying a whole new chassis, whole new scope, whole new rings, trigger, blah, blah, blah.
0: You're 300 bucks into a bolt face and all said and done, you're 800 bucks on a chambered barrel. So altogether, I mean, you're just over 1000 bucks to be able to have a trainer rifle. You know, a lot of. I'm one of those – guys. I don't like to take shit apart and put it back together again, but the, that's the bougie side, right? So mm-hmm. I, if it was my hunting-specific rifle for the next few years and it's a fucking hammer, I would want to be going to spinning barrels off and back on all the time. I'd get kind of uh, superstitious about it. Yes. And – yes. And not that it's not, not going to work for you. There's guys that have 10 barrels that go on different actions, but sometimes it's the superstitious part of me that be like, you know what? I don't want to fucking touch that rifle. It's only for killing.
1: I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's compromises. If I was in a situation with money where I needed, I could not have, you know, I could not buy that Starbucks coffee. You know, you could take six months of that Starbucks coffee, bam, you got a whole nother rifle. Mm-hmm. There's always compromises and I don't yeah. tell you how to do your finances, but if it was important to you, I've always said if it's important to you, you'll figure it out. Oh yeah. And I think if you want, if you want to shoot Past six hundred yards, really past five hundred yards, it should be important important to you on the training side. Mm. I we go to a range called Fernan, and I bring this up quite a bit. I watched two dudes and their sons at four hundred yards try to hit basically the targets is the size of a fucking door. You've been there, Jake. It's the size of a door. They spent no less than fifty rounds, 20, 25 each. They didn't even sniff that fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have at the time I had me and it was Jim cars. This was a while back two mm-hmm. little girls, They were just torching that yeah. and they were shooting tiny little rocks next to it. So to me, the training, they wanted to shoot that far, but the tr- getting the training and the knowledge they needed wasn't important to mm-hmm. them. So if it's important to you, put time and effort into your rifle system and the training.
0: And when it goes, with all, just, so just to talk about what we got going on this week and next week. So we're going on a, a shoulder season, cow elk hunt in Montana. We're going to a ranch. There's going to be elk. We all know how to shoot. We all got rifles right now that you could probably say, you know what? It's on. I just shot it six weeks ago. We're still going to go to Rock Lake tomorrow all together, including camera guy and all that shit, just so we can go verify every one of these rifles is still on because you don't want to be the guy.
1: You don't want to be the guy. You want to take a shot. And I hear this all the time. The elk came out of 805. You've never shot 805 in your life, but you yeah. think that's the day at a live animal that you should open up on an anim- on, on that animal? That's ridiculous. Yeah. And it happens all the time. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to still go put forth the effort. I shot twice last week. So I mean, it's important to me. Mm. And it's important that what I do is fast and clean ethical kills. So if you're going to take a life and it's extended distance, you need to put forth the effort to have the actual weapon system and the training to make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's preaching, but you are preaching. Hey,
0: let's get a name for some fucking scope rings, there,
1: Mister Luke. At the time we got to speak, one speak pipe. Oh, oh let's do one of those, and then the rings. Speak pipe.
2: Jake Ryan Basil here. Hey, Basil, forties. Up the uh, magnification (laughs) podcast. Interesting on Ryan's thing. I did the same thing. I shot a bull in 2018 on 16 power in a not good shooting position with a 300 ultra and a lot of other elk around all of them circled around i was on 16 and lost him in the scope and then had to go look for blood so this year um since then shot a lot more burnt barrels out played around with scopes go to shoot an antelope and running a three to 21 three and a half to 21 start at like 16 power and I backed it all the way down to uh 12 power when I shot my antelope at 589 and Ryan was talking about where he heard the wobble zone I heard it for the first time I think Aaron Davidson explained it some of the best was how to negate that and I've learned that from shooting PRS stuff you know how to shoot at that lower power like my ideal scope the for the best bang for your buck in my opinion is that swfa 3 to 15 because i generally don't go above that for binos i run a fair of 15s until my sig range fighting binos came but i think jake needs to shoot some targets at 11 12 13 1400 yards and uh shoot me an email we can go you guys have the connections to the same range but uh we can go down and Play around because there's life-size targets down there. Set up a spotter, and then we can, you know, obviously try to compare what group sizes look like shooting at highest power, bag, bipod, stuff like that. But that's my take. Hopefully, the rock stock's coming. April can't come <laughs> soon enough. So <laughs> on its on way, it. ready to go. Thanks.
0: It is coming. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do some practice at some lower powers. I'm not, you know.
1: Yes, I've done it, and it's and I was doing a little more research after we discussed it. And it's the reason you shoot better groups, lower power generally is anticipation. You start to anticipate that fine mm. target, mm. and you start trying to aim it instead of shooting. Maybe I'm just special, but I can I can aim small, and I can have no shake on it. It's not moving. This sounds like a challenge. Yeah, could be. To me, it's the same, it goes back to the same thing as I've already we've already proven this out when. For me, I can't speak for Jake or anybody else. Less magnification, I shoot better groups. Mm. Just fact. Maybe me. that's not everybody. For me, well, if, we're gonna try it. If we're we, gonna fuck with it tomorrow, we had a few of us out there. And
0: that big, what that big fucking circle gong he's got at like ten ninety.
1: Let's shoot the elk,
0: or the elk. The other other side, yeah. Yeah, we can. Uh, but we can put the spotter with the digicope setup on there. And I'll shoot it at 32x and shoot it at 16x and see what happens.
1: Damn, I gotta remember from my digiscoping on my damn phone. Yeah. All right. Was well, that
0: it? I thought we had two speak pipes.
1: We'll just, we'll, we'll have one oh, on next. Oh, next one. All, All right. right. The rings. Um, let me see this name before I decide if I'm going to do it or Jake's going to do it. <laughs> oh, fuck no. No I'm up.
0: Way. All right, let's see. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> That's not fucking real.
1: That's his username. <laughs> are you serious?
0: Luke, is this real? Yeah. All right, fella. <laughs> talk, whoever this is, talk. I'm gonna do it low and slow and we'll see. I'm, I'm sure you're gonna know who the fuck you are once I read this shit.
1: They did this shit on purpose. This is no
0: joke. This is what it here we go. Uma hamakapawa ahua. <laughs> Hunter. Hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> you, it's Oh, a, I didn't <laughs> open it up. Okay, here let me do it one more time. <laughs> I'm gonna make it bigger here. Okay. <coughs> Humma, humma, nakuna kapow, a hunter. That's all one word with one apostrophe in the middle
1: there. That fucker did it on purpose.
0: You want some rings, dude? If that really is your username, uh, hit us up. We're gonna have to, when you email in, there better be an explanation about this shit.
1: Dude, they're doing it on purpose now because they, they know the game.
0: <laughs> if you want some rings, explain your username and shoot us an email to podcast at shoot huntcom to make your claim.
1: All right. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for listening.